Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you all ready for the Bible today? All right. I'm going to open up with you today with John chapter 10, verse 10. And uh, I want to talk to you about dream killers today. Doesn't that sound like a really uplifting, like, topic? Ooh, tell me about dream killers. And the, the purpose of me telling you about dream killers is so that your dreams aren't killed. Amen? John 10.10 10 says this, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, this is Jesus speaking, I have come that... They may have life. Would you say life? Life and have it to the full. We serve a good God. It's a good message. That's why the gospel is called the good news. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thanks for this day. And thank you for your word. I thank you for the way that you just intersect our lives with a word from Scripture. You breathe on it by your Holy Spirit and make it life to us. And God, our hearts are open to hear from you today. I pray, Lord, for the leading and empowerment of your spirit, God, to share what's in your heart today. It's a privilege to share, but God, let what's in your word and in your heart be imparted today. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Today we're going to go back to a story in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is all the scripture before Jesus was here on the planet with us. Um, And it's... uh, a story about Joseph, and Joseph is an amazing character found in the book of Genesis, and we're going to be in a few moments in Genesis chapter 37. He was one of Jacob's sons. Now, we just wrapped up a three-part series a a few weeks ago about Father Abraham. Remember, there was Abraham, his son Isaac. The third message in that series was, was that it should have been Abraham, Isaac, Esau, but it was actually Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You can check out the message on the podcast or online. And so Jacob had 12 sons, and one of those sons, his name was Joseph. And those 12 sons would actually become the 12 tribes of Israel. We won't get into half-tribes and complicated things like that at the moment. So Joseph was one of those 12 sons, and he was absolutely a favored son. Um, He had this special coat that, like, signified the love of his dad and things like that. And I tell you what, every time you see favoritism in the Bible, it's not good for people. Um, Love all your kids, amen? Love them each well, right? And love them by their definition of love, the way they're created and made. Uh, It always, somebody always loses in favorites, right? What's great is we have a God who will favor all of us without having to have a favorite, amen? Come on. Let that sink in, right? You can all be favored without having to be a favorite. Because that's our God. He's a generous God. That'll preach. Let's just go home. Uh, uh, No. So Joseph is his favorite son, and he had a couple of dreams. One of those dreams was that his sheaf of, of wheat raises up, and the 11 other sheaves bow down, representing his uh, 11 brothers, right? And then, there's, then he had another dream where the sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed down to him, representing his parents and brothers bowing down to him. And um, he was really excited about this dream and really excited to share it with his family. They were really not excited to hear about his dreams. His parents were like, 
you mean we're going to bow down to you? Like, they had it out. Um, and it's actually probably the one place in, in Scripture where we see Joseph kind of like missing it. Like, that was probably unwise the way you went about this, right? Because uh, of the, the lack of tact. And we're going to fast forward a little bit. And Joseph's um, sent out one day to check on his brothers. That's a good idea, right? Have the favorite go check on the others, we can just write this down as bad plans, right? Bad plans, right? So he's on his way to check for his brothers. His brothers see him, and in Genesis 37, verse 19, it says this. Here comes that dreamer. They said to one another, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. You're welcome for the way I enunciated that. Um, because you just can't just read it, right? I mean, like, that's got some feeling to it, right? You can see it, though. They're like, here comes that dreamer. Let's, let's take him out. See what comes of his dreams, right? My sheep bowing down to your sheep. I don't think so. They are, if you will, in this story, the dream killers. Here comes that dreams, that dreamer. Let's see what comes of those dreams. What's really hard when you're reading this family reading the story, is that it's his own family. It's his family. It's not like some kid in school picking on him in middle school or something. It's not some teacher saying some words over him that, you know, lock him down and, and, and limit him. It's his own family, his brothers. I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, about dreams um, Joseph's brothers would sell him off into slavery instead of killing him, which uh, w- was a better but not a, a good, good thing. Um, this idea of dreams, you know, Joseph's dream literally came from God, right? It was a God-given dream. But, you know, there's a broader range of dreams in our lives, right? There are dreams that come from the Lord. There are dreams that come from ourselves, how do we tell the difference between the God dreams? I'm not just talking about dreaming at night, like the dreams in our hearts, right? God dreams and our dreams. Well, there's some ways that we can tell the difference. One way that you can tell the difference with human dreams is sometimes um, you can just sense the selfish ambition in a human dream, right? Like, uh, I want to get rich quick, and, you know, or uh, I need to be popular, or I need to be known, or you know, all, all those kind of things that are self-motivated. You're like, well, maybe that is a... Me dream, not a God dream, right? Um, Now, you can have dreams from yourself like that are permissible from God. I think God gives us creativity and the ability. We'll look at like our yard and like I looked at uh, a wall in our, our, uh, our living room a few years ago, two and a half years ago to be exact, and said, we need built ins right there. And I had a dream of built ins. And Elizabeth's been tarrying for two and a half years as I plod through. And we did some trim work on the shelves yesterday. Hallelujah. We're getting there bit by bit. You know, there are dreams that we have that are permissible. We, we have God dreams that, um, and not just literal God dreams, but dreams that God puts in our heart, right? And it's part of his plan, part of his desire for us. He designs us for things and then puts things in our hearts. Most of the time, these God dreams benefit others, right? Doesn't mean we don't enjoy them. Doesn't mean we don't love them. Doesn't mean that we're, we're not uh, excited about it. 
But most of the time when God gives you a dream, he's got other people in mind that he wants to bless and to serve. I love these two scriptures. I'm going to, I'm going to read you two scriptures, and it's going to make your head tilt just a little bit. Um, this is, uh, first of all, Psalm 37, verse 4. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will grant or he will give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that cool? Such a beautiful picture. All right, I'm going to flip the page now. Je- Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things. And beyond cure, who can understand it? You could read these two scriptures and go, wait, what? But you see, the answer is in the text. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, the desires that he has planted in our hearts begin to to sprout. And he grants the desires of our heart, right? Right? But can you just trust your heart on your own, in your own self? Uh-uh, no way, Jose, right? The key in this is the relationship with God. Trust in the Lord. Have faith in the Lord. Have a relationship with God, right? Like in your relationship with God, you can trust things that he puts in your heart. So it takes relationship. Isn't he so smart? He always leads us back to relationship with him. It takes relationship to know the difference. What amazes me is how Joseph handles the rest of his life after his brothers reject him and kill his dreams or attempt to kill his dreams. When you read that scripture, Genesis 37, 19, here comes that dreamer. Come on, let's kill him. And we'll see what happens to his dreams. I mean, it's just, oh, right? It's just so evil, so horrible. It really reminds me of that John 10, 10 scripture. The thief kills only, comes only to steal, to kill, to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Rejection can be such a powerful tool of destruction in a person's life. Joseph's rejection came from his own family It came from his own team, if you will. It came from the inside, right? The people who should have protected him, the people who should have rooted him on, the people, like, they should have heard the dream and said, that's really sweet, Joseph. You know, we'll just see what God does. Like, there were a whole lot of other opportunities of how to nurture or, like, make room for Joseph and things like that. You could even just told him, like, hey, you know, I, I, I don't really think that's from the Lord, but we'll see. But, like, I mean, they just hated him for it. They should have rooted him on in life. They, the people who should have looked out for him. He was a younger brother, not an older brother. They attempt to kill his dream. They reject him. They sell him into slavery. Um, They lie to his parents and say that he's killed by a wild animal. Um, I want to just, I want to hit pause. I keep doing this pause play thing today, don't I? I want to hit pause for just a moment. And I want to point out just just a little side note. God is going to use this family to build the nation of Israel. Jacob becomes Israel. And these 12 sons become the tribes of Israel. Do you know what we learn from that? We learn that the Bible is not a a book full of perfect people. The Bible is a book full of imperfect people who are loved perfectly by a redeeming God. Right? Like we, 
It's so easy in our faith to turn the Bible around into like our ammo against people. Well, they're bad. They're terrible. Well, let's look at some of these Bible stories of like the people that, you know, that we're learning from, and it's like an open book. Here's this really cool thing that when I was uh, reading through this, so Judah is one of the brothers, right? Um, you know, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Woo, woo. So Judah's um, daughter-in-law is Tamar. Tamar's husband dies. And so Judah makes this promise that when his brother gets older, you'll be able to marry him because she needs to be able to be married and have children and be provided and protected. Well, he doesn't keep his word. So in the Bible, this is about to get PG-13. In the Bible, Tamar dresses up like a prostitute and sleeps with her father-in-law. He promises to pay her with a goat. This is Bible times, right? No Bitcoin here. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> Gives her his seal, right? Instead of, and says, I, you know, I'm going to send the goat, and we'll trade the goat for the seal. Well, she takes off, holds off onto the seal, he, and it comes out. She gets pregnant. They're ready to stone her. And she's like, it's your baby. And Judah repents and goes, I didn't keep my word. Y'all, this is in the Bible. Like, God's going to build a nation through these people. I don't say that to uplift or cover over or to say things that aren't sin at all. Not at all. I'm just saying there's always hope and there's always a way forward. And God always has a redeeming plan, and he loves us, and he cares for us. So we got to be careful to not be the people who run for the stones. We need to run to the Lord and run to the answer. The problem with rejection is that it, becomes, it can become so defining in our lives. But we all have somewhere in our lives or places in our lives where we probably have a good, firm memory of, of rejection. Somebody said a word, said a phrase, something. Um, it could have been meaningless to them, but it was meaningful for you, and it like, created this kind of memory. It can even bring feelings and things in our heart that, you know, back to us. And we can allow the rejection of others to have authority over our lives. And the reason I say authority is because it has power over us. Those words, that concept, that idea can have power over us. Here are some ways that we can know that rejection has power over us. One way is you expect people to reject you in life. It's just kind of like this thing inside of you that you're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're just waiting for them to not like you anymore. You're just expecting it to come. And I, I'm going I'm to tell you a little secret here if that's something that, that happens in your heart. People can sense it in you. Even sometimes not consciously, they sense it in you and it becomes self-fulfilling. And so that needs to be broken. The expectation that people are going to reject you. We're going to pray today. We're, and God is going to set some people free today. You, another way you can tell that rejection has power over you 
is you use temporary pleasure, the temporary pleasure of sin, to alleviate or soothe the pain that you're feeling. We'll run to sin to feel better, and it really opens up a a road to addiction. It just, like, we're just trying to heal a pain that he's supposed to heal, that he's supposed to set free. We can run to work. We can run to success. We can, what we'll do is we'll take the rejection and we'll make vows in our hearts and we'll overreact and we'll overdo it. And if somebody says, you know, that you're stupid and you're like, I'm going to get every degree in the world to prove that I'm not stupid. Or, you know, things that just, and the reality is you're trying to prove it wrong, but it actually has power over you because you're, you're trying to prove something. You know, things that are powerless, you have nothing to prove. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. Um, another way that you can tell that, that rejection has authority or power over you is when self-pity hijacks your thankfulness in life. Where you're more likely to account for the things that are... Um, not going your way, not going, not for you and things like that. Like you notice that and it's like your the self-pity meter is very active. You know, like a meter on a soundboard, how it goes up and down and up and down, right? And your thankfulness meter is barely moving. Because the reality is we all have so much to be thankful for. All the time, all day, every day. In our hardest times in life, he'll never leave you or forsake you. You all, we always have ways to be thankful, and thankfulness is so powerful. And what it can do is it can just punch self-pity in the face and just say, I am not going to feel sorry for myself. I am redeemed. I'm loved by a perfect God, and he loves an imperfect me. And, and my worst day on earth is, is, gonna, is uh, you know, is so, I still get to go to heaven. Like, I, like there, I have so much to just be thankful for. Um, you know that... I've been talking to you about you, you can tell when rejection has power over you. Here are some ways that you can tell when rejection does not have power over you. You ready for this? One way is you don't use it as an excuse to sin. Going back to Joseph's life, Joseph is sold into slavery. He ends up in a man named Potiphar's house, and uh, Potiphar notices the gift in him and says, you know what, I just want you to run my entire household. And Potiphar didn't have a care in the world. Joseph just administrated everything in his household. And uh, somebody else noticed Joseph's abilities as well, and that was Potiphar's wife. And Potiphar's wife is trying to make... Going PG-13 again, trying to put the moves on him, trying to get with him, you know. And she literally in the Bible says, come to bed with me. And Joseph bolts. He runs. You know, he does the right thing. One of the things that's so impressive is he's not with his family. He's not even with his people. Can you imagine the kinds of loneliness that you can experience to make that kind of decision when your dreams get you thrown in a cistern, get you sold, get you into a slavery, and now you're running a guy's household and then his wife is hitting on you? I mean, that's messed up. But he chooses the right thing. He, he, is, he is faithful to God. Another way that you can tell that rejection does not have power over you is you freely give your gifts and talents 
regardless of your circumstances. What was really cool was Joseph never held back himself. He, he blessed Potiphar's house. God gave him favor in Potiphar's house. He ends up getting thrown in jail because Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape. Talk about injustice. Talk about just add one more to the, you know, the self-pity column. Like, I mean, that's just wrong, right? Gets thrown in jail. And the warden notices the gift of God in him and says, hey, why don't you run this place? And he does. And so you fast forward the story. This Pharaoh, who's like the king of Egypt, sends his cupbearer and his baker to jail, right? They're in jail. And Joseph, it says that he noticed that they were upset. And he actually asked them, "Um, why do you look so sad today? And they share about their dreams that they've had, and he interprets their dreams. He uses his gift to interpret dreams, right? What blows my mind is not only does he use his gift to interpret dreams, he asked them why they were upset. I, would, I don't know. That just feels like really caring to me. I mean, I, you kind of want to have a chip on your shoulder. I'm running to jail now can't make this stuff up, right? They're having a bad day. Let me tell you about a bad day, right? Let me tell you about the day I, and, you know, and let me tell you about the day I, and let me tell you about the, like they, he, and he says to them, why do you look so sad today? <laughs> they say that Joseph is a type of Jesus in the Bible, and I'm like, yeah, he is. He's way better than me. But he doesn't hold back his gifting because of his experiences. He gives them. Third way you can know that rejection doesn't have power over you is you forgive your perpetrators. You forgive the dream killers. And you forgive those who reject you. Can I give you a little key that will help you with that? Those who are rejecting you, they have some unresolved pain in their life. It doesn't justify what they've done. But there's there's pain in them. There's something going on in them. You know, Joseph, I was having a conversation with one of my sons once, and I said, you know, in... Growing up, what will happen is, to feel better, people will pick on each other. And they'll put somebody else down thinking it will lift them up and make them feel better. And I said, it's the exact wrong way to think about life. If you will go around in life and lift other people up and speak life to them, everybody's boat's going to rise in the tide. And you're going to reap what you're sowing. You know, we don't need to put each other down to lift ourselves up. We need to lift other people up, and we all go up. That's, that's how the kingdom works. It's a kingdom of honor and respect and love. Um, you, forgive, you know it doesn't have power over you when you forgive the perpetrators, you forgive the dream killers, you forgive those who reject you. you know, Joseph would get an audience with Pharaoh because um, the 
cupbearer would make it back to the king and then to Pharaoh. And then when Pharaoh had his dream, he's like, oh, by golly, I was supposed to tell you about this guy named Joseph. And so Joseph's brought before Pharaoh. Joseph accurately um, uh, translates um, and interprets the two dreams that Pharaoh has. And in those two dreams, it basically says there's going to be seven years of plenty and then there's going to be seven years of famine. And so they're like, oh, my word, like, how are we going to, what, who should we put in charge of this? And there's this verse I want to read to you in Genesis 41, 38. They're trying to figure out who's going to take care of the nation through this upcoming famine. And it says, so Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, Joseph, and whom is the Spirit of God? They noticed the Spirit of God in him. Isn't that amazing? So they put him second in command of the entire place, right? Just he runs Egypt now. Can you imagine his resume? Slave, ran a household, imprisoned, ran the prison. Now second in command to in Egypt, right? He takes care of things. They store up the food. It's a great plan, a God plan to save many, many people. And when the famine hits, the brothers have to come back. And the brothers come back, and they don't even realize it. You've got to read this in your devotions this week. It's so great. Start in Genesis 37 and just start reading. It's a, it's an, it'll inspire you. They come. Anyhow, Joseph provides for them. There's a lot of back and forth that happens. But one of the things that you notice in the story is Joseph, um, the pain of what he went through comes out. You see he goes away and, and, and cries bitterly. But there's forgiveness in his heart. For his brothers, and God gave him an interpretation of everything that had happened. And, and it says in Genesis 50 19, it says, But Joseph said to them, the brothers, because what happened is by this time Jacob had passed away, and they were like, Now our brother's gonna wipe us off the planet because our dad's gone. There's nothing to save us now. He's gonna kill us, right? But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in the am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph just had this view of what had happened. Of You know what? God has used all of this to save so many people, and he didn't have this judgment against them. Um, and so Every indication in Scripture is that there's just this forgiveness, and not just forgiveness, that the forgiveness was a long time ago. But here's the cool thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness can happen in the moment, and forgiveness can happen now. I want to pray for two things today for us. One, I want to pray for those of us who a dream has been killed. Maybe there's a desire that God put in your heart, and something along the way has boxed that dream in and said it's not possible, you're not good enough, it's not for you, you won't receive it. Whatever lie has been told to you needs to just be dismantled today. It needs to be unplugged from its source and not have any power. You don't have to go back and figure it all out and work through it all. We just need to unplug it from its power source and say you have no power over me anymore and allow the dream to just let God handle dreams and things that he puts in our hearts. Second thing I want to pray for today is I want to pray for 
those of us where rejection has had power over us in our lives. And there isn't a person on the planet who hasn't been impacted by rejection. But you know if there's a phrase, an experience, a word, or something, maybe you've had some, some healing from it, and you're just like, you know, I can feel that there's still this pull, like this draw, like there's these hooks, and it just has, it, it's, it's still holding on to me or, or holding me down. And God just wants to set you free from rejection. And see, the, here's the thing, though. Being free from rejection isn't about me, my, I, be, you know, and like, like some kind of self-help, build yourself up. You know what the solution to rejection is? The perfect love of God in your life. You already are loved perfectly. Read this scripture to the, to the uh, kids at Westview uh, last week. I love, it's one of my favorite scriptures. I'm going to read it to you a couple different ways. Basically says that nothing can separate us. This is in Romans 8, 38, 39. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. The answer to rejection isn't build yourself up. The answer to rejection is to receive the love from the one who already loves you perfectly. And who's not rejecting you, who's drawing you. And I love the way it doubles down on this scripture. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Don't let a lie Don't let someone else's words, don't let an experience lie to you and hold you back from the perfect love that's in Christ Jesus. He loves you so perfectly. He loves you so perfectly. You already are loved. And it's in that place of safety that we blossom. You don't have to prove anything. You already are loved. If you've never received Jesus in your life, if you've never received that perfect love in your own life, I just want to encourage you today to just cry out to God in your own words, in your own heart, and say, God, save me. Forgive me of my sin. And just, I need a new life in you, and I want to follow. If you've never done that, today is your day, July the 11th, 2021, 721, 7-11-21. That's, I like those numbers. I like numbers. This is your day. And I just want to encourage you to cry out to him and just say, God, come into my life. Save me. I want to follow after you. He he already loves you perfectly. If you're going to make that decision today and you're online, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps? Um, Because we want to hear from you and rejoice with you and be with you in this journey of following Jesus. If you're in the in-person service, please let me know. I I, I just want to rejoice with you and pray with you. Would you stand with me? And I want to pray for you online and in here. And we're going to pray for those two things, dreams that have been killed and rejection that has power over us. Father, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you for the perfect love 
that you have for us. It's already there. It's already determined. We thank you for the safety of your love. We thank you for the protection of your love. We thank you for the sincerity of your love. We thank you for the depth of your love. We thank you for the power of your love. And today, God, we just ask you, roots of rejection, places where, Lord, rejection and insecurity and things have had power over our thoughts or power over our actions and power over our emotions. Jesus, in your name, we unplug them from the source. We say to those who have rejected and those who've cast uh, their spears at us, those, God, who would come against, Lord, in the name of Jesus and by your power, we extend forgiveness. And we pray that you would heal their pain. And we say, Lord, it no longer has power over us. Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit, there be a blowing on the dreams that you've put in our hearts. God, just that the life and color would come back to the dreams that you've put in our hearts. And Lord, however that works out, whatever that looks like, we just ask you, God, let your dreams have life. We disconnect the power of rejection and we allow there to plug in today the power of the dreams and hopes and things that you've woven inside of us. God, we thank you for the freedom that you give us. I pray, Father, for the wisdom to recognize any time actions, thoughts, emotions that are rooted in rejection come up, that we could just quickly go, no, that's not me. That's not who I am. I'm loved in Christ. I don't need to let it have any power over me. I don't need to do anything because of the fear of rejection. God, we thank you. May we be life speakers to one another, life speakers to others. May we lift people up with the power of our words, Lord God, and point people to you. We thank you and we glorify you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.